Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Welcome to Mamma Mia Recaps, the podcast that deep dives on the biggest shows on television. In this episode, we're recapping Season 3, Episode 7 of The Handmaid's Tale, Under His Eye. So if you haven't watched yet, don't bother because it's a filler episode and I'm sure we can tell you everything you need to know. Or if you like, you can go and watch it and then come back to us for a listen. My name is Nicole Stewart. And I'm Key Reese. And Elise is not joining us today because she is camping in the NT. So we hope you're having fun, Elise, but yeah. we miss you. We miss you. Okay, let's dive into this. So episode seven, what were your overall thoughts? So our Slack channel for all three of us who were doing this podcast was going off last night. Wasn't it? We're going to have a fight today, I think. We're going to really butt heads because I think that this episode, it was a little bit slow, but I think we're really starting to lay the foundations of where this kind of plot is going. Really? I felt the exact opposite. I'm like, we're seven episodes in. There is no laying of the foundation. There is just slow, lazy TV. No, I'm going to point it out for you. Let's do this. All right, let's go. So we sort of open with a hanging and, you know, we're used to those. I wasn't even shook because I think it was nowhere near as bad as the scene where we thought all the handmaids were going to be hung a few seasons ago. So it's just kind of like this is everyday life. Okay, the hangings are increasing. But, of course, June's never at risk because she's got kryptonite or something. Yeah, the hangings were pretty brutal, I thought. I think it's just an interesting thing. So obviously they're forced into being raped and then they have no kind of respect from anyone that's around them. And now they're even being forced to kind of be murderers. So Gilead just ends up turning everyone into murderers. So what I thought was really interesting in this episode was that we saw Emily, which I'm glad because I missed her last episode. She's really bringing it this season. We see her talking to Switzerland again, Yeah, the diplomats from Switzerland, and they're talking about her alleged crimes. And it's really interesting because she neglected – okay, so she did mention to neglect a couple of murders, but she neglected to mention why she was subject to genital mutilation, essentially. So she didn't mention that she had had a relationship with Martha in front of her wife which I thought was a bit of a clue. Okay, so she's not 100% being open and honest as of yet. I forgot about that. Yeah, That's because so she had true. to she had to watch her lover hang. That's right. Whoa. Okay, plot twist. Fully didn't realize that. Good one, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so I think that Switzerland be a bit nicer. Like I know that she was like, you know, I'm really sorry I have to ask these questions, but I thought she was being a little bit hard on her. If you're going to be a fence sitter, at least be a nice fence yeah, sitter. Yeah, she's I- gone through a lot. She bloody crossed a river and almost drowned. I like how Emily's wife really stepped in and said, do you know why she did all of these things? Because at first when she was looking out the window, quite silent and reflective, I thought to myself, oh, is she seeing – I mean, I don't know. How would you feel if you all of a sudden learned that your partner – has committed murder and, you know, all these things, run someone down. It it would be a bit shocking to hear, but I'm glad she knows and she reassures Emily, 
you know that none of this is your fault and I this doesn't change how I think about you. Yeah, definitely. I think I was so glad that she said that because it was kind of heartbreaking. What I think the interviews with the diplomats has kind of said is like Gilead is really pushing for refugees to be more seen as kind of criminals. As criminals. Rebels. And wanting them to come back and that's where the kind of the extradition gets Into brought it. up. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that – We've seen Emily come back from Gilead and she's been really timid and really quiet when we've been used to seeing her as this amazing, yeah. brave, courageous, outspoken person in Gilead. And I'd always thought that her experience in Gilead had changed her in the way that she was coming back and she just couldn't recover. But then when I watched the interaction between her and her wife, I thought to myself, maybe she's always been timid. Maybe before this, I mean, she was a professor at law. And when she's talking to Moira, when they're having a coffee, she's sort of like, oh, I just studied. I didn't really go out. You know, when Moira's trying to see if she's in the gay scene or if, she know, if they have any mutual friends. So that was a different way that I looked at Emily because I thought, okay, she has that strength within her, but... Perhaps she's returned to more of her meek self coming back to Canada and now that she's not under threat. But then we do see a glimpse of that when she does go to the protests, which I was really happy about. The protests, I loved this. So Moira was obviously having a coffee with Emily and then said, hey, I'm going to this protest. She tags along and they're protesting the fact that they may or may not be getting baby Nicole back to Gilead. And you could just see everything clicking in Emily's head being like, this is democracy. I'm allowed to say something. Yeah. I can do this. She's she's rising up and not scared anymore because she obviously there's the repercussions are that they went to jail, but it was they yeah, had they basic human rights. <laughs> they got given water. It was very different from you know the stark contrast of Gilead of being you know. Well they, both, well, they both have their eyes and their hands and their fingers. Yeah, so, do. you know, that's a good sign. I do want this to happen because I want Moira and Emily to be the face of the resistance from Canada. So I sort of, I'm loving their friendship being sparked and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if there's something else there. But anyway, <gasps> I won't ship them because she's got a very supportive, beautiful wife she who does. hasn't moved on. So as you mentioned, then we sort of hit into seeing Fred with Commander SVU or Commander <laughs> Winslow, as we should probably call him, as that is his name. This scene was pretty interesting, especially because we're starting to see what Fred and Serena's life could be like in Washington. I mean, that starts with them, with Serena walking through the house of a Baptist family yeah. who clearly lived there very happily and were, you know, forced out of there. In a know, rush. In a rush. And it's like, oh, it's an unrestored house. Like That on. was just insane, wasn't it? I was kind of thinking maybe that would, her seeing, you know, this home of these people who had all these beautiful pictures up and a very normal family home, seeing that would have done something. No, no they're all care. selfish. They are all selfish. And this is why I thought this episode was a filler and unnecessary and boring. Why are we here? Why are we all of a sudden giving the power to Gilead where Gilead is going to create another complication, another barrier in the way of resistance? We ended last season feeling hopeful that there was a revolution. There were small glimpses in the beginnings of this season about June assembling a team. Instead, none of that has come to fruition. What's happening is Gilead is somehow getting more power and I don't buy the international community's reaction. I just think it's lazy writing, it's unrealistic and it's like the writers have gone, okay, we need to get another season in and probably another because we're going to make more money out of this show. So how can we just chuck a random complication in so that we can have a beginning, a middle and an end? Yeah, okay. So the baby Nicole extradition thing is a little bit of a stretch, but I do think there are some things happening. So 
the first kind of laying the foundations for where the plot's going to go, I think, was that Serena and Fred are really falling in love again with each other. And you can see that, that she's kind of going back to that state where she's really infatuated with him and he, like, really loves her. But he's just brokered a deal with Winslow to keep baby Nicole in Canada for as long as possible in the hope that that will spark an extradition treaty. But we know that doesn't change anything. But this is what happens, right? <laughs> because... Serena, when she finds out, this is the biggest betrayal that he could ever do, right? So she's forgiven a lot of stuff, but when but she, she finds know. out, but when she finds out, that is what I think that's going to make Serena choose to be good. Okay. I really think that they're setting up the plot to do that, okay? Because I think she's she has only wants baby Nicole, but right now she's the only one that wants baby Nicole back, and she thinks Fred's got her back. He's straight up lied to her, and he all he wants is power and to be in Washington and, and be better than what he is back home in Cambridge. Okay. But he cut off her finger for reading, for making a really valid point. So at what point do we say she knows who Fred is and is she really going to be that shocked? Do we really insult her intelligence? I mean, she is a smart lady. She's seen Fred. She knows what he's like. I mean, she doesn't know about his all, his, all his visits to Jezebel's. But he's not a good person. And again, it's just setting up for Gilead to have the power. And I just feel like as an audience, you really built us up for the power to be with the resistance and now it's shifting back. Like we've spent two seasons with the Gilead being in charge, being in control. And now this season it's like they're trying to get control back from a small little blip of a resistance on the side and now it's just going to get worse. I feel like this is the frustration though. Like we are feeling the frustration because – a little bit of hope and we're like, we've got this, but we've got to be realistic in the fact that it's not going to be a quick fix. And I think we, we're trying these things that are happening and we're not getting everything that we need straight away. But I think that frustration that we're feeling is great. That's what we should be feeling. But we're basically halfway through the season now. So they've spent seven episodes, essentially seven hours building up to something. So what are they going to do? Again, make it happen in episode 12 or 13 and then make us hang on. Like that's just lazy writing. I want something now. And I feel like they're going to lose a lot of viewers. It's going to start to taper off. You know, there's like some other amazing shows like Homeland, for example, where you're gripped all season and then sort of towards the end of the seasons you go, oh, okay, and you sort of stop watching. I feel like we're not in book territory anymore and their writers should have been really aware of that. And we saw that in Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones did the opposite. They had too few episodes and we wanted more. So Mm -hmm. maybe we're just never happy. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So one of the most, I don't want to say eventful because it seems wrong to say, but one of the most eventful parts in this Blech episode was (laughs) (laughs) this filler episode. For those of you who don't know what a filler episode is, you can just watch episode seven and and it'll tell you. It's just, you know, a bit of noise to keep us distracted. So what happens is that June has a conversation in Loaves and Fishes with the Martha that is the Mackenzie household Martha and finds out some information about Hannah and then therefore we see of Matthew staring at them as they're having that conversation. I knew it. So did I. Did they really think they were being that discreet? No, I don't think so. Anyone who didn't see that, I think, now, was what, obvious. Now, what bothered me about this conversation is that the Martha's clearly saying Hannah's really happy, she's doing so well in school, 
you know, and June saying she should be with her mother. And even the mother sort of said, hmm, yeah, maybe. I'm not so sure. I think this is the point where June's really letting us down because she's thinking very individual and she's not thinking collective. So June was meant to be this face of the resistance internally. You know, she was building this team. She's got access to Commander Lawrence. She has all these, you know, she's had Nick working with her as well. She's got all these resources at her disposal and she's using it for selfish reasons. Yeah, I I think she's just in a bit of turmoil at the moment. I think seeing Hannah coming so close, also maybe the fact of Nicole coming back, I think she's a bit fixated on Hannah at the moment because it's really the only thing that she can do. She's got Nicole to Canada. It's out of her hands now. And I think the one thing is Hannah that she's holding on to. But as we saw, it didn't go too well. So I think we're going to be back on in the next episode. But how can she sit there and tell Serena to think of what's best for Nicole when she's not thinking about what's best for Hannah? What was she going to do when she got to that school gate? Yeah. She was was... going to upset Hannah. She wasn't going to be able to take her anywhere. They would have got captured. She risked the lives of not only the Martha who, who gave her this information. She also risked the lives of the potential guardian, although it was a different guardian. She also risked the life of Mrs. Lawrence. (gasps) Who can I just say is a badass. Yes. I really loved her in this episode. And I think honestly, that whole plot to get Hannah was just so that we could see Mrs. Lawrence and learn a little bit more about it. Because obviously after finding out that information about Hannah, she heads back home and realises the only way she can get to the schools if she's with a wife. So she's like, all right, let's do this, Mrs. Lawrence. And Mrs. Lawrence comes outside and you can kind of see her coming to life a little bit. Like we also find out that she had bipolar and obviously they don't believe in mental health there. So she doesn't have access to medications, I think, anymore. So I think that's why she's so kind of up and down and a bit all over the place. But I loved that she kind of revealed that she couldn't have a baby because of that. But um, well, also it gave us a real insight into Commander Lawrence because we've been saying, okay, who is this guy since last season? Who is this guy? Why does he, he want to use the, math, uh, the yeah. handmaid? Is he a fighter for the resistance? But really it wasn't out of any sense of morality that he denies to participate in the ceremony. It's because he actually doesn't want a child. Yeah. So I think no. that gives us a big clue about him. Again, though, in the grand scheme of things, is seeing Mrs. Lawrence's character that great at this time? Probably not. I think it didn't tell us anything that we didn't know. We, we've seen glimpses all season that she is smart and kind. You know, we saw that a few episodes ago when she was comforting June. Again, I just didn't get anything of value. I think June has the ability to make really good on kind of relationships. Like with Serena, she, she built it up. Obviously, that kind of fell through. But I think that her showing compassion to Commander Lawrence's wife, like, when they got home and she was like had had just had that breakdown and he's obviously really pissed but she said she came to life when yeah, she was out there so i think that compassion and that june has i think that's going to appeal to commander lawrence on some kind of level and i think that we just need to maybe watch that and see how that can grow maybe but is it compassion or is it again selfishness she it's manipulated her to get her out of the house she put her life in danger the martha is hung because of june just like that family in the earlier seasons that she got in trouble yeah. when she tried to run away june has left collateral damage wherever she goes and she's just thinking about herself and what is disappointing for me about where june's character is taking us is number one, I feel like she's the most least effective, least interesting at this point. I'd much rather watch, you know, 
even though Serena and Fred's waltz made me want to vom, you know, <laughs> there's so many more interesting things happening. It's like they haven't developed her enough to keep up with this season. And why do we have to sit there and watch her just constantly? It's like she gets dumber. She doesn't learn from her mistakes. And again, Aunt Lydia's put off Matthew to watch her and then the Martha gets hung. But June again, there's no punishment for her again attempting to find her daughter. Yeah, I was thinking about this and I really think it's because June's got a high profile now. So they can't just hang her. They can't. It's too icky with Canada. If she just went missing or was killed that whole baby Nicole stuff is just going to go right down the drain. Yes, but she's also being punished. So she's not getting away with things and the fact that, yeah, she's not losing any limbs or anything like that. But people who are helping her in any way are just getting killed off instantly. But that's not really a consequence to her because she didn't know that, Martha. It's a consequence for them. This is what I mean. Everybody that June touches, something terrible happens to them. So, yes, that is a really good point, which I didn't think of. Of course, now she's probably safer. But before this whole baby Nicole scenario, June was still skating around the law and she still was avoiding any sort of punishment or consequence. And I just think she seems to be getting sloppier, not stronger. There's no clever plan. There's no something we can get behind. I just think it's lazy. Yeah, well, I did like that blind rage she had at the end because I was feeling that rage towards off Matthew. Oh, yeah. But she could, again, she put herself in that situation. Like, be more aware. She should have been more protective of that Martha. She knew her walking partner was a pious little bitch, as she keeps saying. So why would she do anything in front of her? Because she doesn't care. She just wants her end goal. She doesn't want the Gilead to be liberated for the sake of all the women and all the people that are being oppressed. She wants it liberated so she can be reunited with her children, which I totally understand, but we deserve, we, <laughs> Gilead deserve, <laughs> deserve a better leader. I think though, because now as a result that Martha was killed, yes, but the Mackenzies have now moved as well. Because that was, I yeah, think. Yeah, so she screwed herself again. So, but the, I think that the fact that she screwed herself, we're going to get that resistance. She's going to come back because she's going to now have to work on whatever she can handle immediately to get then to Hannah. So it has to be to build up the resistance to overturn Gilead. But she's already screwed herself up. She screwed herself up when she got stuck in that house. And she screwed herself up when she went and saw Hannah and she got arrested again. This is what I mean. It's just repetitive. We're just getting more of the same plot and I'm like we've done this before we know there's lots of barriers you've set up all the complication we know Gilead has the power what else like give me something else I feel like camps is in a wheel we're just running yeah. in circles okay and I just want it to get to a point like it's you know I'm really confident that the next episode is going to give all of that to us okay, I think Kate, it's late it and stuff I'm I'll put my hand up okay I really think it is I think we're getting slowly getting there I get what you're saying about June's plot it is kind of drying up a little bit getting a bit repetitive but hopefully she can focus on the resistance again Serena's in a good spot because she's around more people of power so hopefully when she finds out about this betrayal she's going to blow her lid and get on our side okay well let's hope so and we will know next week when we are back to recap episode eight thank you for listening to this episode of mamma mia recaps if you like mamma mia recaps don't forget to subscribe and feel free to leave us a rating it really makes us feel good this episode has been produced by the amazing amelia vasquez hosted by me nicole stewart and me kiris this podcast is brought to you by Mamma Mia. If you'd like to check out any of Mamma Mia's other podcasts, you can find them all at mamamia.com.au forward slash podcasts. See ya. Bye.